top of the morning to you. This is your girl, Fabulous Frida. Always your host that'll bring you the most on WDGS on your podcast station. And today, 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 oh my, I have to share with you what the Spirit has to say. And the Spirit said, there are four things. Listen, listen to me. If you have ears to hear, please hear what the Spirit is saying. There are four things that if you practice these things in your life, it will keep you in a place and a position where favor and blessings will overflow you and they will overflow you in miraculous ways. You will think a thing and it can manifest. God will place things before you and he will give it to you at a favorable price. He will make so many things happen in your life that, listen to me, it'll blow your mind. He'll give you that perfect peace that surpasses all understanding that no matter what you're going through, you won't fret and you won't fall out. Oh, I hope somebody grabbed this. And it's four things. If you practice these four things in your life, It will keep you in a place, I'm telling you from experience, I have witnessed it. I am an eyewitness to what I'm about to share with you. These four were actually five things. Let me make it five, the number of grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, in sharing these four things, I want to say to you, because I know sometimes we get in these places in life and you're trying to figure out what is it about my life? Why is it it seems like I just can't seem to get myself together and keep myself together? Why am I always challenged in relationships? Why am I always challenged in finances? Why am I always challenged with family? Why am I challenged with friends? Why am I challenged with my career and on my job? I'm constantly, I got to always change. You ever seen people where they have no stability, no stability where they live, no stability where they work, no stability with their relationships with people where they have friends for 30 and 40 years, where they be on one job for 10 and 15 and 20 years, where they live in one place for more than three years, because that's generally what the credit bureau says, you know, they want you to stay in one place for at least three years to consider stable. And there are some people, and I say if you pass the age of 30, well, let me let me push it up to 40. I'm going to say 40. And you have never established any stability in your life. Listen to me. These five things, if you begin to incorporate them in your life as a way of life, It will keep you in a place that even if you have to move, if you have to relocate, if you have to, you have to resign from one job, it's going to be because you got a better job. If you have to move, it's going to be because you're moving to a better place. It will never be because you always in a setback. Some people are not stable because it's a setback. And some people are not stable because it's a setup to a better place. So you have to determine which 
category do you fall in? I mean, did you can you look back over your life and say 10 years ago I was in a better place, I had a better car, I had a better job, or five years ago, or three years ago? This is how you gauge your life. This is the gauging meter to determine is your life steady getting better or is it getting bitter? And the longer you live, the less people you have good relationships with. The longer you live, the less money you have to survive and function. The longer you live, the more your body starts giving you aches and pains. Listen to me. There's a solution to turn around all of those things for your good. But it's going to take, let me tell you something, it's going to take an adjustment and fine-tuning to your conduct and your character. But there's one word that's going to help you to be able to do all five of these things I'm about to share with you. Are you ready? Can you hear me? Hello? Do you want to take a second, a minute, and pull up your notes in your phone to take notes? Do you want to grab some pencil and paper? Because I'm telling you, if you memorize these five things, then it's going to always be able to, you can pull it up in your heart. See, there's one reason and one reason only, listen to me, that the Bible encourages us to learn the scripture. Oftentimes, you know, if you're not teaching, let me put it that way. If you're not teaching and preaching and and and, and prophesizing and, and being an evangelist or an apostle, if you're not in that five-fold ministry position to be able to execute the scriptures and expound from them to other people, then let me tell you what the word of God says. Your purpose for learning, your purpose for reading reading that Bible, your purpose for memorizing those scriptures. Are you ready? And it is a scripture. It said the purpose of learning the scripture is to hide them in your heart that you will not sin against God. So for every scripture you know you memorize, it's not to just have them in your head just for them to be up there. They are supposed to be transferred from your thoughts and your memory to your heart. And they should come up in your heart every time you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Hello. (laughs) That's what that means when it says you hide them in your heart so that you will not sin against God. So then when they in your heart, oh God help me today. And something come up and come out like the enemy does to tempt us, tempt us to say the wrong thing, tempt us to think the wrong thing, and tempt us to act the wrong way. Then that scripture supposed to come up that you've had hid in your heart. And there should be a scripture that you hang on to and hold on to. It should be enough scriptures in your heart. Hello. For everything that you know is going to tempt you to act up and act out. I'm just saying, this is this is how I roll. When I realized, and I'm going to tell you, I didn't always know how important it was to hide them scriptures in my heart. 
See, for many, many years, I had them up in my head. They were just head knowledge. And I used to I used to be able to quote them verse, chapter for years just to impress people. Until one day, and I can tell you exactly, it was in 2008. <laughs> and I had taken some vacation days off from work during the Thanksgiving holidays. And I was sitting there and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I want you to delete the memory of every scripture you learn. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. Is that y'all y'all ever had a spirit to speak to you like that? And I'm like, surely that can't that can't. I'm just thinking that something in my head that don't 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 make sense. Why would I do that? And then that's when God spoke to me. See, God will always minister his word. That's when you know God is speaking. Now, first, the Holy Spirit spoke to me because it was teaching me, leading me and guiding me. And so that's what the Holy Spirit does. And the Holy Spirit said, you need to forget all them scriptures you done memorized. I said, what? You know how long I've been practicing memorizing scriptures? I used to write them on little index cards and stick them around my mirror in, 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 my, in my room. And I used to stick them around the mirror back in the days, you know, when I lived in the projects. I used to have them laying around all places in my room. So when I woke up next to my bed, when I move about, I could just read them and memorize them. I memorized scriptures on purpose. I was in my late 20s. And it's like, it was a quest for me to memorize, read the Bible as often as I could. Read the Bible in a year, every year. I mean, it was just a habit to just to know them. And I said, and then I'm sitting here in 2008. And it's like at that time, I'm 48 years old. And it's like, you want me to forget, hit the delete and forget all the scriptures? And then that's when God gave me the word. And he said, because you don't, they, they, the reason you memorize them is to hide them in your heart for you not to sin against me. And so when God spoke that word of his word through me, I said, oh, my God. He's, so so, so the Holy Spirit backs it up. And then Jesus began to minister because, you know, in his teaching in, in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I'm getting these revelatory scriptures. They flowing. They ministering to me. And say, now, just think about the things you do, the things you say, the way you act, the way you, you, you know, you all this stuff. You know these scriptures, but what are you doing with them? What are you doing with them? Do, are you, do you know them so for them to correct you? And if they're not correcting you, if they ain't helping you, if you don't have them in your heart to not sin against me, what's the purpose in having them in you? So you might as well hit the delete and forget all of them. I said, woo. And I said, okay, God. So now I got to see this thing in a whole different light. I can't be walking around memorizing and quoting scriptures and I'm not making application. Do y'all understand that? That's why from that day to this one. It vexes me to hear people, and, and I'm sure it might use to vex people to hear me. See, I'm going to keep it 1,000, even about myself, to be quoting scriptures. But then I had some biceps and triceps in my bed, and I wasn't married. Or to be quoting scriptures, and I'm steady 
uh, doing things that the scripture encourages us not to do. I'm holding stuff in my heart. I'm holding unforgiveness. Oh, just all kind of old toxic stuff. But I'm steady quoting scriptures. Let me tell you something. I wasn't going to make it in. Because all I was doing was quoting them. And see, God don't want us to just quote them. He wants us to live them. He wants them to be in our heart. To live them. And if we're not going to live them, I'm going to tell you, just like the, the Spirit told me, you might as well delete them. Because you ain't, you, 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 it, they ain't going to take you nowhere. But they, you, you'll find yourself going to hell quoting scriptures. If you're not able to do what the scriptures say do. So let me give you these scriptures and let you hear them and apply them. I want you to hear them and apply them. And I promise you, as with my own self, I'm not going to sit here and say you won't have challenges. You won't go through changes. But I can assure you that if you practice these scriptures and you make them a part of your daily lifestyle for every challenge and every change that you go through, that the Holy Spirit from on high will endow you with the power. I'm talking about a power to be able to push, press your way through anything without falling apart, without falling over, without bending over. And I'm I'm just telling you, it will keep you going and going and going like the ever-ready battery. If you keep practicing these five things that I'm about to share with you every day in your life, let them be your meter. Let them be your guide. Are you ready? And if you want to give a footnote scripture to put on top of these five things, I'm going to start out with that. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through verse 28. Let me repeat that. Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 28. And it says, But to you who hear, so you got to be, you got to hear. You got to do more than listen. You got to hear. Hear what the Spirit is saying. I say, love your enemies. That's number one. Now, this Jesus teaching. I'm just saying. It's in one of the four Gospels, which is Luke. I think it's also in Matthew. It might be in Mark as well. Number one. Love your enemies. And we're going to get to you maybe saying how to do that. I'm going to give you a few little tips on that. Number two, do good to those who hate you. Mm. I'm just saying. Number three, bless those who curse you. Number four, pray for those who mistreat you. And number five, bless those who persecute you. 
Now, let me say this. I know when you look at these five things, it's going to be probably one of the most challenging things that the Bible instructs us to do as believers. Now, see, this is the first thing first. If you're not a believer, believe me, this not going to work for you because you got to believe in God. And you got to believe that God is for you. And God would never give you instructions to do something that's going to hurt your life. He's going to give you instructions to do something that's going to help your life and bless your life. So, so when you learn how to, to not retaliate against those who harm you or hurt you, when, when you follow these instructions to bless them, I know it goes against our human tendency. You know, we have a tendency to think when we quote that scripture, do unto others as you will have them to do unto you. When that's not a scripture, I don't think it is. Because I remember Googling it a while back with that golden rule. And a lot of people say, so they think if somebody hates you, you're supposed to hate them. Because that's doing unto them as they do unto you. But, but, but the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It, 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 this, this is contrary. That's, that statement, that quote is contrary to the word. Because unless you want to apply it to do good to those that do good to you. But then the Bible also says, but you're supposed to do good to those who hate you. So, you know, even even when you don't hate people, you're supposed to do good by them that hate you. I'm, I'm just trying to tell you a way that when I'm telling you, if you, if you, if you do these things, wait, wait, number five is pray. Pray for those. Bless them who persecute you. Let me go over those five things again. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And forgive those who offend you. That's number five. Forgive those offend you. Because the Bible tells us, see, when we pray for forgiveness, it says, if you forgive others their offenses, then your heavenly father will forgive you. So that's what, that's what I meant to give as number five. Always sit in the seat of forgiveness. Never hold and harbor anything in your heart. If you do that, I'm telling you, you're going to keep your life in a backwards position. Yeah, you may bounce back for a minute. And then the next thing you know, you're going to go backwards. Because this is the thing. This is the thing. You must be mindful of what you say. See, just like people, when they get upset, you ever notice people when they get upset, the first thing they want to try to do is say something that they hope happened to somebody. Or they may go try to do something to somebody. But every time, listen to me, you got to grab this. Every time you operate like that, let me tell you what's going on with your life. 
One, you're putting a curse over your own life. Read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Every time you act up and act out like that, you're putting a curse over your own life. Listen, I don't have any crumbs with a person that goes through a season of disconnection. I go through seasons of disconnecting for people. But I don't go through, I don't disconnect myself from people because I'm angry with them or because they made me mad. I disconnect myself from people and I, and I know when in my spirit, I wasn't the one to do the wrong. I'm just saying in my spirit, I I didn't choose to be rude or hang up on folks. I didn't choose to be, be disrespectful to somebody. But, but see, so however a person disconnects, you have to be mindful of that. How did you act? What was your conduct? Now, some people do it. It's just, you know, peace be still, quiet. And that's on them. But let me tell you something. And I'm just talking about to keep my, keep my blessings flowing. No matter what happens in this life. I've never lived to the place, even if I didn't choose to, I couldn't call my own mother. Because I know what the Bible told me. It said, a disobedient child shorten their days. I have friends and I have classmates. Let me tell y'all something. I'm telling you. And this is not to be a shade person. This is to be an honest person. And I questioned and I, and, 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 and I asked God. I did. I said, God, why was it in your will to take this person from among their loved ones at such a young age? Now, listen, babies, I never ask God that question because I just feel they love angels and God won't let them. But I'm talking about people when they reach a point in place in life where they learn right from wrong and they still do wrong. And so God reminded me because there were some people, you know, some of my classmates. And this was some years ago. And things happened. You know, two of them, they were brothers. They got hit by a train, both of them, in the car together. And they died. But but, but God reminded me. See, this is what he did. He said, but they were very disobedient to their mother. Because the reason they had got her car and left home, they was disobedient. And they would. They was rude and disrespectful to their mother. And so when you go back and you look back sometime and you wonder why things occur, you got to look at the big picture. And so oftentimes people want to turn a blind eye and they want to blame God. Instead of looking at the person like, what was they doing? Was they doing stuff that they, that they know they knew better not to do? And they disrespected, and some people disrespected the very house that they lived. Let me tell y'all something. When I was growing up, one of the most fearful things I could do is sneak a boy in my grandma's house. What? I was too scared. I wasn't doing it, but I was. I lived in an era. Listen to me. You got to grab this. Well, a lot of my classmates, they were doing that. They, I'm telling you, a lot of them, and they was trying to tell me. I'm like, girl, please. I ain't nowhere in the world. I, 
I knew my grandmama, granddaddy would kill me. They didn't even let grown people come in their house and lay up with their boyfriends. So I know good time. Well, I wasn't going to be trying to do that. But I'm just saying, so oftentimes, we don't look at the big picture of what it is God is instructing us to do. And then God will tell us, okay, don't say that. Don't you say that. Don't say that directly to your mother. Don't don't you disrespect an elder. And so when you look at people, sometimes they get so sick. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you, y'all got to listen to me. You got to hear me. I know from kids, I know people that are going through things and they buy that right now. I'm talking about things to where it's, it, 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 it's sad. It's sad. You know, all of us, let me tell you something. Everybody, when you get old, listen to me. You got to hear this. If you already old, you know this. If you got to get old, you're going to learn this. Your body is going to go through some changes. And I think a lot of times the changes our bodies go through is determined by how we treat other people. I'm just saying. I'm keeping it real. And this is why when you got to ask God for forgiveness and then you got to work on everything in your power to not keep bringing those things on your pathway to reap what you sow. So this is why it gets important to execute and exercise these five things. I'm telling you, you have to learn how to love your enemy. That don't mean you got to hang out with your enemy. You have to break bread, but it means don't hate them. And you may be saying, but how can I do that? Well, the first thing you want to do is pray. You want to pray for God to put a love in your heart and give you a love for everyone. Just like he did with the disciples. And when you got a love in your heart for everyone, you won't hate anyone. I'm just saying, for real, for real. Check out my book. It's available on Amazon, How to Always Love. In that book, it, I mean, I wrote these books spiraling for ladies. Ladies, what did God say? How to Always Love. But trust me, the information can be consumed by male as well as female. But it gives you instructions on how to always love. You can love your enemy. You don't have to hang with them to love them. Just like you don't hang with them and hate them. Hello. So you don't have to hang with them to love them. You just have to change your emotions and conduct and character concerning them. So when you love your enemies, that's what you do. You pray in humility and you ask God to give you that strength to love everybody. Because the word of God says, because if you love one another, then it says, you are my children. So if you're children of God, you're supposed to be loving everybody anyway. If you're sitting around with them hater vibes on hating on somebody, I'm telling you, your life, you're going to find yourself. In a deficit. You're going to stay in a red zone. You can't never dig your way out. And get all the way out. Without going backwards. I'm telling you. Listen to me. Even though my life never got to that degree. Because I never harbored and hold unforgiveness in my heart. 
It just didn't make sense to me. Like, how can somebody hold unforgiveness in their heart? Especially if you know what the words say. And see, I knew what the words say. It says, if I want God to forgive me, I got to forgive other people. And trust me, I always wanted God to forgive me. I don't know about nobody else, but I want God to forgive me because if, if he doesn't, then that means I'm making things hard in my own life. And my Bible says now my, the prerequisite for that is not for me to play with other people or, or, or as people can say, bow down to them. All I had to do was just forgive them. My heart had to just forgive them. I didn't have to go sit at the table with them. I just had to forgive them. And so this is where you go back to the podcast before this one. And you have to listen to it. That's where you got to cast down those wicked imaginations. Those thoughts that keep you holding on to harbor hate. But when you listen and you hear. And you listen to the voice of the Lord. And it tells you to forgive them. Well, you can't hate a person once you forgive them. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, it don't match. See, that'll be Mitch Matt. When you forgive somebody, you're not harboring and holding hate. But as long as you hold unforgiveness in your heart, if you think somebody did something so bad that you feel you can't forgive them, guess what? You are not being forgiven by God. And until that occurs, that's what keeps your life like a yo-yo on a merry-go-round. That's what keeps holding that sickness in people's body. That's what keeps holding these ill thoughts in a person's head. Because their heart hadn't got clean. That's the time you need to lay still and ask God to push all that out and creating you a clean heart and renew a right spirit. Because guess what? Holding and harboring all that stuff is not going to help you, especially get to heaven. And trust me, sooner or later, everybody got an expiration date. And when that date comes, And some people quicker than others because they disobedient. And again, I feel a lot of things that people go through when it comes to finances, when it comes to family. It has a lot to do with your faith. Because if you have faith, mm, my God, to believe in God's word, then you'll, you'll do what the word say do. You'll love your enemies. You'll do good to those who even hate you. I don't did good by people that I know hate me. I'm talking about some of them closer than most. And some of them be family and friends. I'm just saying. I know they ain't like me. But I still did things for them. You know why I did good by them? Because that's what the Bible instructed me to do. And because the Bible told me to bless those who even curse me. So you know what? When people have done wrong by me and to me, you know what I do? I, I'm, I'm telling you the honest truth. I sit down and I pray. And I ask God, I say, God, bless them with the right people to love them. Bless them and show them the right way to go. Bless them and put somebody on their pathway to teach them how to come out of darkness 
and go into the marvelous light. Bless them, God, to be able to meet their needs so that they won't be so angry and they won't be so bitter. Bless them, God. Let me tell you, I have sat down and spoke blessings over people's lives that I know don't curse me. I know they don't curse me. And some of them ain't. And I, I'm, I'm talking about go to the root work of the place of curse. I'm talking about put stuff around my car. Some people done brought stuff in my house. I know they done tried to curse my life. And they didn't realize that for every time they did those deeds and those acts, I blessed their lives. And as I blessed their lives, God began to let me see things that occurred in their life. Because listen, let me, let, me, let me just say this. Really, you need to get this. When you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. And so to me, it was always more important for God to forgive me than people. I'm just saying, because people didn't have no heaven or hell to put me in. But see, I just had to deal with the fact that I didn't want my heart to carry no sin. That's what the Bible said. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Even if you angry with somebody, the Bible said, be angry and sin not. And how do we sin? Sin resides in our heart. That's why you need a clean heart. So the sin of the heart makes people get angry. And when they get angry to the place, they won't forgive people. And you ever found people, sometimes they get angry and they anger caused them to go do something else wrong against somebody just because somebody did something against them. When they start insulting their own lives with intent. You know, back in the days, you know how it was some of us when we was young and you catch a boyfriend with somebody, then you feel like you need to go get with somebody. You got to get back. You know, now they call it clap back. And, and people think when they do that, you're hurting somebody. You're not hurting anybody's life but your own self. I'm just saying. Because if you're a believer, every time you allow your anger to cause you to sin, that's a sin with intentions. Because people know what make them angry and how they're going to act up and act out. When you know if sin, when you get angry, it calls you to sit down and think about who can I call to lay with and play with. So you let your lust take over. And then once your lust take over, then you just became a fundicator or an adulterer. And so who you think you hurting? That person you angry with? No, you're hurting your own life. Because you've just got deceived. And so deception by the devil is that forbidden sin. And as believers, all the reason that came because a person was seeking revenge. Listen to me. It's a it's a it's a it's a bad believer, and I'm saying it just like I mean it. It's a bad believer in God when you spend your time seeking revenge. Because the Bible says that we're not to do that. It says instead, God intends for us to love our enemies and pray for them who persecute us and let vengeance belong to him. 
Oh, I hope somebody grabbed that. So for every time you sit down and you try to think it's your place and your duty to avenge somebody that you hate or your enemy or curse you or did wrong against you, you, you're outside of the ordinance of the will of God. I just got to tell you that. And every time you get outside of that ordinance of the will of God, let me tell you what you are. You're a disobedient child. That means you're shortening your days. That means when these sickness and disease and plagues and all these things come to take up, it's going to affect your finances, your family relationships. You got people, they've been, they've been so toxic all through their teenage years, and now they're getting old and grown. And guess what? A lot of times, their family don't even want to fool with them. I'm just saying. They can't call but one or two people. Because the rest of the folks know, you know, somebody called me a relative for New Year's. And, and I was surprised when one of our senior relatives, one of my senior relatives, that they were still up. And they had said somebody they had talked to. And and they and I said, well, how are they doing? They said, I don't know. Because you know what? They lie so much. And they said, they said they live here and they live there. But I don't know. Because every time you talk to them, they lie. And see, you got people that have lied. Down through the years, you got people that have always been leeches. What does that mean? That means you know them family that always come, but they don't never bring nothing. Hello. They always come. They gather. They glean. They always getting something, but they ain't never giving nothing. And so how do you, when when you get up to a point in life and you realize, guess what? I'm just going to pray for them. You don't hate them. You don't harbor. You love them because you're supposed to love your enemies. So if you're going to love your enemies, then surely you should love your family. I'm just saying, hello. That's why I said I don't, I don't fall out with folks. But I want you to get those five reasons. And in looking at those reasons, this remember, this is to keep your life in a place where your forgiveness and your faith will bring you things that not only do you not deserve, but the things you do deserve. I hope that makes sense. Because, you know, we get blessed with things sometimes. God don't even, we don't even deserve them things. But God will give us the things we don't deserve and we do deserve when you allow those five things See, people said favor. Favor is not fair. Because when you look at a person's life and you like, how they live like that? How could they afford that? How could they how could they manage to do that? How could they help other people? How can they look like that? How can they be so happy in a time of you know, in a time of famine? How can they be so upbeat every day? Let me tell you, that's how. Because I'm telling you from experience, I practice those five things. I'm just saying. I practice them. I make it a part of my lifestyle. I was sharing with somebody real quick, and I'm going to put a pen in the podcast yesterday, and they were saying something that somebody had prophesied to them that somebody was putting some stuff around their vehicle. And uh, I said to them, I said, you know what? I never could understand that about people. Like, what that, what that going to do? What that supposed to do? I mean, who sits around 
and want bad things to happen to a person like that's I said that's just an evil evil being and when people are that evil trust me they're gonna reap what they sow and I, I just couldn't understand that like what that go why would anybody want to do something like that why would anybody want to sabotage somebody car they crib they careers I mean what I, I, and I asked the person I said what is they gonna gain from that I mean how is that gonna help their lives to see somebody else's life fall apart I said that's just an evil minded person and when a person mind is that evil the Bible consider them witches and they should be hung to death I'm just saying because that's what you're practicing. Anytime somebody dabble to go get something, to do something, to hurt and harm somebody. Those are characteristic traits of witchcraft. And witchcraft is generated by a person with the spirit of a witch. Oh, God, help me today. I see I didn't want planning on going there, but I hear the spirit saying, and for everybody who engage like that. And see, a witch don't mean that you got to, to, to put up a crystal ball and, and put a sign in front of your house to say that you a palm reader. A witch is a conduct and a character. If you're sitting down and you're conjugating evil to sprinkle, to, to rub or whatever, even in words... That somebody should fall dead or this should happen or that. You're practicing witchcraft. It's a craft of evil. And when that occurs, trust me, your days will be shortened. Because you're disobeying the word of God. Because the word of God says to bless them who wrongfully persecute you. It don't say to go harm them. It don't say to go revenge them. That's not that's not of God's children. People who do stuff like that, listen, they not God's children. Believe me, they not God's children. I don't care how much God they talk. They are not God's children. Because when you keep reading the book of Luke, matter of fact, in chapter 6, I think when they questioned Jesus, and this is what they asked him, because they said he was Beelzebub. He said, well, if I'm the devil, why I'm trying to cast out wrong? Because the devil ain't trying to cast out no wrong. He said, but Jesus told him, he said, but but y'all are liars. And because you are a liar, and and, and your father, the father of lies is the devil, so anybody practice telling lies, then y'all children of the devil, because he your daddy. I'm just saying. So then witchcraft, all that stuff what lines up with evil deeds and the devil, then that mean the devil is your father. And so Jesus told him, so, so when you need something, you need to call your father the devil. So people need to be mindful. If you ain't learned how to master these five things, listen, I'm telling you in 2024, I'm I'm encouraging you. I'm 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 I mean, I'm just I'm just enlightening you. 
And you you can you can take it you can take it and place it wherever you want to place it. But when you feel these things start occurring in your life, then I hope the Holy Spirit bring back to your remembrance to get somewhere and humble yourself and first and foremost forgive other people. And it says forgive those who have sinned against you. It didn't say people who did right to you. It said <laughs> against you. That's Matthew chapter six. And verse 14, because this is the way your heavenly father will forgive you. And then you go on into the other four things. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who mistreat you. And not bad prayers. Hello. It means pray good prayers for them. And pray for God to give them. Things, whatever they need to know in order to, to, to get an understanding or enlightenment. Pray for God to bless them for their needs to be met. And even some of their desires if they delight themselves in God. And on that note, may the blessings from heaven flow, flow, flow down into your lives. Meet all of your needs. Even the things your heart desires as you delight yourselves in God. And may you continue to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prosper. And until the next podcast upload, hopefully this message will download, resonate in your spirit, and that you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that God will create in you a clean heart as you operate in humility of a right spirit. I appreciate you for tuning in to WDGS on your podcast station. Have a beautiful and blessed, wonderful Wednesday. Is it Wednesday? I think today Wednesday. God bless. Bye for now.